0: All right, Acts chapter 16. Uh, I chose this topic tonight because it will tie in really good with a missionary presentation. I want to read a few verses and talk to you about missionary encounters. The kinds of people that a missionary will encounter on his missionary field. But it's not This is not restricted for someone who goes to a place you can't get there from here. It's also us. As we are disciples, going out to make disciples, we will run into these same people right here in Coleman, Alabama. So I want to read you a few verses. Let's start in verse 14. The Bible says, And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto those, uh, the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized and her household, she besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. Now the us here is Paul and Silas. They're the missionaries on the mission field. And this is the Apostle Paul writing about his second major missionary journey. If you're with me, say amen. So Paul is on a missionary journey and he runs into this lady named Lydia. Then in verse 16 it says, And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel... Possessed with a spirit of divination, met us. A damsel is just a young lady. It says, which uh, she met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying, fortune telling. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this uh, did she many days. In other words, she was mocking these men. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And when her masters saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace under the rulers, and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city, and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakening out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. So, there are four different people that the missionaries encountered in this context or in this set of verses in chapter 16 of the book of Acts. Four different encounters that we want to talk about tonight. And here's what I want you to know. Every Christian here tonight can understand the challenges missionaries face By learning the four categories of people they encounter on the mission field. Now there's a million other challenges, but we're going to focus in on the four categories of people that they're going to encounter and that you and I will encounter as we're being disciples, making disciples. So category number one is people with open hearts. Write down, I think it's the word open that's in your blank there. People with open hearts. This is Lydia, whom the Bible describes as one who was a seller of purple or a seller of linen. And it teaches us the simplicity of ministry. How many of you would agree tonight that the gospel, although it it, 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 it was... Paid Jesus paid a great price. The gospel is a very simple message. You don't have to have a PhD to understand the gospel. You don't have to be in a certain uh, social class for the gospel. The Bible says, "...for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved." And Lydia represents people that we will encounter with open hearts. It's the simplicity of ministry. And here's the awesome thing. Sometimes God will bring people into our path, uh, people to us that are very open to the gospel message. It's not always like that and we'll see that as this progresses. But I have to praise God. That, that as we go and as we pray for those divine appointments and as we are faithful to soul win and witness and share our faith, God will bring us into contact with people that He has already been working on, already been convicting, and they will be people that I call who have open hearts. Remember back in Acts chapter 2, around the day of Pentecost, the Bible said in verse 41, Then they that gladly received His word were baptized. And the same day, there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. After the message uh, that Peter preached, the Bible says that many of them gladly received the gospel message. And we need to send this brother and his wife and the many other missionaries that we already support, we need to keep them on the field because as they preach and as they witness and as they share, God's going to send them people with open hearts. Notice this, uh, her heart was open to the missionaries. Here's something cool for you to think about, Brother Adam. God's got some folks waiting on you. I promise you He does. They, it won't always be easy. It won't always... Not everybody you talk to is going to get saved. But God's got some. And they're just waiting on you to get there. They're waiting on you to arrive. And there, some are going to want to hear what you have to say. Some, God's going to open their heart. And they are going to be open to the missionary. And they're going to be also open be to the message. I thank God for that. You know why some of us have never run into anybody like that? Because we're not telling the message. How do you know if God is opening someone's heart if you never bring God up to them? Amen? Amen? Now check this out. If we go crazy on Facebook and, and, and at work and wherever else about politics. But if we just sit humdrum during the missionary's presentation, what's that say about our heart being tuned into God? Listen, the, 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 the Word of God tonight and the missionary uh, display and, and, and the activity of God in his life and what God's doing in your life, those ought to be the hot topics for us as children of God. Amen. And God has people with open hearts. Um, several years ago when Hunter was about probably 11, we went to Birmingham with a, with a group of people from the church here. And we were down in Birmingham, and we were preaching underneath one of the bridges downtown to the homeless population. And Hunter got up and preached first, and then I got up behind him and preached. And when I gave the invitation, immediately this man popped up, 50 years old, popped up out of his folding chair, walked right down the the makeshift aisle we had there under this bridge, And I thought, praise God, he's coming to me to get saved. He came right down the the aisle and then took a hard turn and went straight to Hunter. And here's what the 50-year-old man said to Hunter. I want to have what you have. Hunter, at 11 years old, knelt down with this 50-year-old man named Richard and led him to Christ right there on the asphalt under the bridge. It was a man with an open heart, someone who God had touched his heart. Let me give you the second category of of people or of hearts. Not only people with open hearts, but number two, they came across people with overtaken hearts. Overtaken hearts. In verses 16 through 18, we read about this young lady, this damsel. And the Bible teaches us here that she was possessed with a spirit. With an unclean spirit. Or possessed with a devil. The Bible actually says in verse 18 that uh, they commanded thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her and he came out the same hour. It was a demon that had overtaken this lady's heart and this damsel shows us the uh, the Lydia showed us the simplicity of ministry but this lady shows us the sweat of ministry in other words sometimes ministry is very hard work because of the spiritual battles that must be fought when he was talking about those Hundreds of gods in Taiwan that the people worship. To break that down, here's what that means. He's taken his family into a spiritual battleground. Would you agree? It's a spiritual battleground. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. These are people with overtaken hearts. Overtaken how? Well, overtaken by Satan. It was Satan that had indwelt this lady, at least one of his demons, and had taken over... Her body, just like the maniac of Gadara, and so many other instances in the Gospels where demons possessed people. And as we go soul winning, we'll encounter people that are overtaken by Satan. We'll also encounter people who are overtaken by sin. It's nothing for me to be out uh, uh, trying to witness on the streets, even right here in Coleman. And find people who have allowed sin to reign in their mortal bodies for so long that it's it's as if they are no longer calling the shots. The other day, I, I was in town and I noticed a man standing in a ditch drinking water with a cup from the ditch, from the ditch. And so I stopped, I thought, man, I can help him. And I stopped, I parked, I got out, and when I got about 30 feet from him, he didn't see me until I called out to him. And, and, and when I introduced myself and said that I was with a ministry, you could see it in his eyes. He just turned. He said, I don't want nothing to do with no ministry. And he turned and stomped off. And that's happened to me dozens and dozens and dozens of times. How do you explain that? Sin has ravaged that soul. And by the way, we have all come under the the auspices of sin when we were born. Uh... The wages of sin is death. That's why we were, we're born, we grow, then we begin to, to, to decrease and we die. Because we're all sinners. But some are, are overtaken. There's people in here tonight. And before God saved you, you could classify yourself as I was overtaken by sin. I, I lived a life that I'm ashamed of now, you might say. And I might say. And this missionary and his wife are going to meet people like that. I remember one guy at our homeless shelter in Augusta who, who came to the verge of salvation. And at a Thanksgiving service when others were testifying about how God had been good to him, this man stood up and he was fixing to, 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 to testify. And we were all like, oh my goodness, Vic is going to say something. And you could tell God was dealing with his heart. And, and he stood up and he looked around. And it was just like Satan himself closed his heart. And he sat down and he said, oh, never mind. And he left the mission that day only to go deeper and deeper into sin. We need to pray for our pastor as he's leading now, what, two microchurches? Teaching others how to start microchurches? Impacting thousands of people in the U.S. and dozens and dozens outside of our church right here in our own town? It's a spiritual battleground. And he will run up against people who have overtaken hearts. But be not dismayed. Greater is He that is within us than he that is in the world. Somebody say amen right there. Let me give you the third category, people. And that is what I call people with opposing hearts. And that's found in verses 19 through 24. And it's the masters of this young lady that was possessed. The masters of this young lady. You see, she had a spirit of divination, of soothsaying. Like a fortune teller in in our day and time is, is how I imagine this. And she had handlers. People that she worked with and worked for. And they earned money through her dark spiritual services. And so here come the missionaries and the missionaries have God on them and the missionaries cast this devil out in the name of Jesus and now this woman is all of a sudden free from sin. And it greatly disturbed the economy of her masters. And they opposed the missionaries. Sometimes Christian workers will suffer persecution because of their efforts to preach the gospel and help people in need. This this one shows us the suffering in ministry. For no greater crime than being good to somebody, Paul and Silas were arrested, beaten, and thrown in jail. Why? Well, because her masters opposed right deeds. It was good for them to help this lady who was bound in this bondage. But it got them beaten and thrown in jail. You see, the disciples were doing exactly what Christ had told them to do. Yet they suffered because of it. Back in Matthew 10, when Jesus had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits. And here's what he said. And as ye go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. So now fast forward to Paul's second missionary journey. They find someone bound by these demons and they... They, by the power of Christ, cast them out. And immediately they're persecuted. You mark my words. The time really is here in many places of our country, but the time is certainly coming when just doing what God told us to do will bring out the people who oppose God. And it will cause suffering for the church. They opposed right deeds, but they also opposed right doctrine. And I wish we had time to go into it. We don't. But basically they said, these men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. I reckon so. They're bringing the truth into the midst of darkness, and it's troubling. And by the way, that was a troubling day in my life when God showed me the truth that I was a sinner and that Jesus was a Savior, Amen. it was a crossroads in my life. I sure didn't like looking in that mirror, of the Word of God, and seeing the real me for who I really was in God's eyes. But it sure was a great day when I bowed my head, confessed my sin, and Jesus saved me. And I know that was a great day for you too. John 15, 18 says, If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant's not greater than his Lord. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they've kept my saying, they will... Also keep yours, or keep yours also. Isn't that interesting? Jesus said, if they hated you, it's because they hated me first. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. The fact of the matter is, the more we're attached here, shows our detachment there. It's very revealing. You say, preacher, do you care about what's going on? Oh, you better believe I care. Sure, I do. But this world is not my home. I really am just passing through. While I'm passing through, I want to make a difference. While I'm passing through, I want to influence those around me for good. While I'm passing through, I want to do my part. But make no mistake about it, child of God, we are passing through. This thing we call time is very short compared to what God calls eternity. And so these masters were people with opposing hearts. And I've run into those, and you've run into those. People that you say, hey, can I tell you uh, 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 about my church? I don't want to hear that. Can I tell you what God did for me? God ain't done nothing for me. I don't care to hear. Anybody ever heard something like that? Of course you have. And this missionary is going to hear that too. There will always be people who oppose the work of God in, their own, in your life, but here's the reason why. It's because they oppose it in their own life first. The scripture says that men loved darkness rather than light. Why? Because their deeds were evil. Their deeds were evil. Let me use my four minutes remaining and give you the last category. Where do we get to? People with open hearts, people with overtaken hearts. Number three is people with opposing hearts. And the last one is people with observant hearts. This is the jailer and the prisoners and this shows us the sweetness of ministry. Oh, there's people that will oppose us and we will suffer. There's people that are that are overtaken with sin and Satan, and and, and it's the sweat. It shows us that ministry's not all uh, fun and games. But remember this. God will send people who will see God's work in your life and respond to that by wanting God to work in their life, and that makes ministry awful sweet. It wasn't easy for the missionaries to suffer in the prison, but it sure was sweet when the jailer and his family members got saved and baptized. For centuries, true Christians have been willing to suffer for the sweet reward of new converts. 3 John verse 4 says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And you know what? A missionary is an awful special person. Because they're going somewhere to concentrate on the spiritual welfare of complete and total strangers. And here's the thing. A missionary sacrifices on this hand, but then on the other hand, it's not even a sacrifice. Because God brings so much joy through the work. It's really something only God can do. What was observed here? Why were their hearts observant? Well, adoration was observed. In verse 25, the Bible tells us, even though the missionaries were in jail, it says at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. In other words, they were just hauling back and adoring God because he loved them so much and counted them worthy to suffer shame for his name. And the Bible says the prisoners heard them. And listen to me. There's people hearing you too. They're hearing me. The more we fuss and complain, they're hearing it. You know what I think God wants us to do? prayer and praise prayer and praise it's a strange thing to be going through the fire and still have praise on your lips it's a strange thing to be suffering on the inside but be able to praise God anyway only a child of God can do that why cause we got something on the inside that works its way to the outside it's joy unspeakable and full of glory so adoration was observed. Then B, activity was observed. The prisoners in the jailer had a front row seat to the mighty works of God that God did on the behalf of the missionaries. You, read it. This is crazy stuff. There was an earthquake. I mean, the, the prison began to shake. The, I imagine some of the walls busted. The doors opened. Even the bands on the prisoners' wrists and feet Broke loose. You think they observed that? How many people have come to a service at Temple Baptist Church because they heard what was going on here? A bunch of them. In other words, these lost people observed the activity that God was doing in the lives of the missionaries. And then uh, lastly, affection was observed. I love this. The jailer runs in and you got to, be, you got to know he was thinking, oh, oh, it's over. And the Bible says he sprang in and he would have killed himself. In other words, if all them people escaped, it was his head. He would be killed. It wasn't no trial. It wasn't, he would have been killed. His life for their life. But here's what Paul said. He said, hey, buddy, chill out. Do thyself no harm. We're all here. If it had been me, I'd have been like, fall on your sword. Wasn't you the joker beating me a while ago? (laughs) I mean, think about this. Now it's your turn, sucker. (laughs) Well, Paul was a missionary. I kind of see it as, you know, Paul was the spiritual one. Maybe Silas was like, let them get what they deserve, Paul. I don't know how it was, but anyway, Paul said, hey, it's all right. God wants to do something in your life too. In other words, they observed the affection coming from the missionaries. And that old hard-hearted jailer said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? How can I get some of that? That was somebody with an observant heart. Adam you're going to run into and you have in your ministry you've already been in full time ministry but you're going to run into all these people in Taiwan. Now here's what we need to do. We need to understand these people as we go and we run into them and we need to work through them all. Hey the ones that oppose us that's part of it. The ones that observe us that's part of it. The ones that all, it's all part of it. Don't let it freak you out. Keep on serving God. And we need to encourage this brother because he's fixing to jump out of the, how do they say it? Out of the skillet into the fire or something like that. He's going to spiritual battlefield. We need to encourage him tonight. Amen.